Kona kuri, kure pure o tamaki, e kore e naro i te pō. Leaders of Tamaki never rest. E nā iwe e nā hapu e nā kai whakarongo nō mai ki te hōtaka nei a Te Ahikā. I'm Maraia Rakraku. And I'm Justine Murray. Welcome to Te Ahikā, the Kaupapa Māori program on Radio New Zealand National. The rain was constant, the type that soaks you to the skin, yet the spirits were high at the super city hikoi that took place in Auckland two weeks ago. Protesting the amalgamation of all the councils that make up the city of Auckland and the loss of mana whenua seats as guaranteed under the Treaty of Waitangi. And while many Māori of all ages were there, so too were lots of non-Māori, Pākehā, Chinese, and they had a lot to say. You know, as Pākehā, it's been an incredible honour to be invited by Tangata Whenua to join you because it's an issue that, you know, hey, we are all the same tribe with this. You know, like, we're all people that are really trying to find a way that we can do this, um, you know, that represents the needs of all of us and for our children, you know, like, for our children, grandchildren, the grandchildren yet to come, and that, that if we lose it and we just become yet another super city in the world, well, you know, we can see where they've gone internationally. You know, we really want to stay with the best practice that we know works here. They're taking everything else away, they can't take our, our, our couple of seats we got there. But they, that's the parking of we the way, they want to take everything. And we don't want to lose anything. Every time we give something away, we don't get it back. So, yeah, that's why we're here. We'll be hearing more from that hikoi that was led by Nazi Fatua Iwi. How democratic is, well, democracy when you hear these figures? While people say uh, one man, one vote is is democratic, um, another view of democracy is that um, all views have to be at the top table. And um, under the current proposals, the way it is set up, it is more than likely um, that it will mostly be the, the dominant culture who will be represented at the top table. Nari Mubli and Onati Fatua with what is essentially an issue of justice and equity for him and his iwi. He explains the Nati Fatua opposition to the loss of mana whenua or Māori seats on the proposed Auckland Super City Council. As we wrap up New Zealand Music Month, I'm with Lisa Reedy, who is Ngāti Pano but is based in Christchurch and works at the South Island Māori Iwi radio station, Tahu FM. And that's something you can attest to near Justine, having clocked up 10 years in Māori radio yourself. Lisa's been at Tahu FM for 16 years and loves it, despite facing the pressure from her partner to get a more lucrative job. My partner is always saying to me, oh, get out and get some more money, there's money out there to be earned was money, 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 but money isn't everything. So I've, I've often said, you know, I'd, I would rather just go on out there and uh, work here at, at, at Tahu uh, for the love of what we do than, and with a smile on my face than work elsewhere, depressed, you know, and rolling in it. All coming up in this week's edition of Te Ahika. With 1.4 million people in the Auckland area and Māori making up 11% of its population, Ngāti Whātua Iwi thought they were pretty much on the ball when they suggested four seats when the idea for the merging of the city and district councils was first proposed. So they were more than a little taken aback when that was overruled in favour of at first three seats that was on the recommendation of the Royal Commission on Auckland Governance to the government response of... 
no Māori seats. Following a hui at Orake Marae on the 15th of April, they mobilised big time. And like our tūpuna who sailed Wananuiākiwa when settling the Pacific, developed innovative ways of doing things and basically utilised what was around them. A weblog or blog was created with the intent of mobilising support and can largely be credited with doing so. It kept people informed and it got the thousands that marched up Queen Street on that drizzly day. Since the gifting of whenua that established what we know as Auckland City by his tūpuna Apihai Te Kawo in the mid-1800s, Nanimubli's people of Ngāti Whātua have consistently challenged and protested against unfair treatment, which is how they view the loss of the Māori seats. Ngāti Blair backgrounds the historical relationship of Ngāti Whātua and the Crown to Maraia. The Ngāti Whātua position around the Māori seats... Could you just background that a bit? About 12 months ago, we presented a submission to the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the Auckland, into Auckland governance calling for four Māori seats, one Ngāti Whātua, one Pare Waikato, one Pare Hauraki and one urban Māori seat. And we thought that um, that number of seats with uh, that kind of representation would um, would generally cover all hapu and iwi and taurahere interests in, in, wider, uh, in the wider Auckland region. The Royal Commission recommended, however, only three seats, um, one mana whenua seat and uh, two uh, Māori seats to be elected from the Māori electoral roll, um, but the government decided uh, to ignore those recommend- that recommendation and said there will be no Māori seats. Um, so that's, I guess, the background to why a hikoe was called by that huia iwi, um, which we had last last Monday. An action group established soon after the call by um, a huiaiwi at Orake Marae in response to the, the Crown rejecting um, Māori seats for the future Auckland city. Um, and that hui of um, elders and, and rangatahi and rangatira leaders called for a, a hikoi. So a few of us at the hui decided to get together and carry forward that um, that karanga, that call. So um, part of that was um, creating uh, communication for the new millennium, which includes um, the internet. So we had to set up a website to get information out there. Um, each iwi put in their own submissions. I just outlined what our submission was. Other iwi may have submitted um, for more seats, less seats. Um, but that was just our, our submission. But um, we all agreed that for the Crown to ignore its own Royal Commission, um, we were united in, in the purpose of showing our, our uh, opposition to that. But it goes back further than that, doesn't it? Because it's largely due to the generosity of Ngāti Whātua Iwi that Auckland City was created. Yep, there's... Um, no doubt our, our tūpuna, um, in talking with um, their relatives as well from, from Ngāti Teata, Ngāti Power and Ngāti Mahuta about um, trying to get Pākehā to settle here in Auckland, um, our ancestors had tried a number of times and failed to get um, Europeans uh, on the way to Matā and Manukau Harbour. They were all up north um, around the Bay of Islands um, and we really wanted Pākehā here to trade with to um, get the new medicines which were killing us uh, much more effectively than the musket 
Um, and um, yeah, we really wanted Pakeha here, so part of the strategy was to um, go into what was enemy territory of, at the time in the Bay of Islands uh, with a delegation of um, of chiefs and um, and then get Hobson to come to Governor Hobson come to Auckland. Um, yeah, and I, I guess we succeeded in, in doing that. Was offering. 3,000 acres of land initially, and that's all of modern-day inner city Auckland, and then another 8,000 acres of land uh, once he finally arrived uh, in, in person here in Auckland. But um, other tribes uh, gave land as well, Ngāti Paua um, and other Marutuahu tribes, um, and in time uh, our Waikato Whanaunga um, didn't give land, but um, they had it uh, confiscated in the 1860s in the South Auckland area. So, so Whenua was gifted to allow Pākehā settlement of what became Auckland City. And then if we jump ahead to around about the 1950s, uh, Ngāti Whātua were evicted from their original land, which is down in today's area around by around by Mission Bay. Yeah, um, I guess from 1840, and if we jump ahead um, 110 years to 1950, um, we were rendered landless, uh, utterly and completely, except for um, one graveyard, one urupa, which is still today at Okahu Bay. Um, that was a quarter of an acre, and still the council tried to uh, take that off us. So, um, yep, we owned everything around Auckland City, and then, um, you know, 110 years later, after inviting Hobson here, um, lost the whole lot. So during that period, Narimu, Māori and Pākehā were living in harmony? Uh, up where, to 1950? Up until 1950. Oh, I, I, I couldn't say, I wouldn't say that that, that would be um, the case. Certainly in early, early Auckland, um, Māori and Pākehā were living together and working together. Um, settlers were dependent on Māori for um, food. Um, Māori dominated the early Auckland market. We had loads of produce coming to Onehunga from out of the Waikato, loads of produce coming into Parnell, uh, at Beach Road there, coming from as far away as, as Ngāti Poro, um, which was feeding early Aucklanders. Early Aucklanders had to learn our reo um, to, to get by. Um, had to be on good terms with, um, with us, but uh, that quickly changed with uh, mass migration which we saw um, towards the end of the 1840s and, and right through the 1850s where um, basically here in Tāmaki we were swamped. Um, Pākehā no longer did business with us, um, felt no need to learn our language or our ways and um, I guess from the 1860s on with the declaration of war against um, uh, Waikato uh, firstly, um, the um, yeah, that that bond that had been there for the first 20 years was, was certainly broken and by 1950 I, I couldn't say that um, we were uh, on good good terms with Pākehā. So from 1950 there were evictions from Ōkahu Bay where Ngāti Whātua were relocated up to uh, Takaparafau? Um, Kitemwana Street, yep, Takaparafau. 
And then following on from there... There were only about 30 homes the Crown had built on land they had already unjustly taken off us. Not everyone got a home, so I guess we saw the the disintegration, the further disintegration of our of our tribe, um, as there are only 30 homes available for renting, um, and so people moving away um, up to other papakainga, or um, I guess to other parts of Auckland, New Zealand, and the world, um, and then being more part of or being brought into, assimilated, I guess, into general New Zealand society and less less so with uh, um, Ngāti Whātua here in Tāmaki. Um, for that period too, we didn't have a marae. Um, for, a very, for a few decades there, there was no meeting house for our people to have tangi, for our people to welcome all of the new arrivals who were coming from other tribal areas after World War II. So we didn't have a place to maintain our, our whai kōrero, our reo, our waiata and so on. Um, but they were kept alive in, in the homes of um, of those who who uh, who lived up there on Takaparafo. Now, one of the more um, prominent parts of uh, New Zealand history uh, was the eventual occupation of Takaparafo by Ngāti Whātua Ki Orake and others, and then the eviction by the state of Yofano. How has that history, what has that generated for the next generation, seeing that there's, would it be fair to say that there's just more of the same happening with the loss of the Māori seats? I mean, my generation, we certainly have got it a lot easier than our grandparents, great-grandparents and parents uh, did. So they fought, um, they fought those battles which we... You know, our, our battle in this generation is different. You know, we we want a, a seat at the table, whereas uh, those battles were we um, are just trying to hold on to our last bit of land. So um, um, our battles are different. But uh, the the occupation, Bastion Point, and so on. Um, I always look at it in the context that um, you know it was just another one of the fights. Um, there were lots of them from um, from the time Hobson arrived. Every generation has attempted to assert its tenoranga tiratanga, um, you know, right through the 1900s um, and through to the 70s as well. And the occupation obviously was um, was a huge event which helped raise the uh, consciousness levels of, of all uh, New Zealanders that um, all is not right here in Aotearoa. Um, and so it had a huge impact in, in terms of that for um, a lot of other iwi, I guess, too, to um, further their claims against the Crown with a lot more uh, uh, an educated, more educated uh, wider public on, on Māori land loss and its effects. And since then, Ngāti Mu, um, the marae's been re-established? Yep, we, in 1991 we had returned um, um, land, including uh, our urupā, um, about 100 acres of the original 700 acres, which the 7891 claim was about. Um, yeah, and so we had our, our the Whare Tūpuna returned in our full control. Uh, previous to that, it was um, uh, 
governed by a, a board which was not entirely made up of, of our people, but um, included um, a number of other people who weren't from our iwi and weren't from weren't Māori as well. So, um, yeah, obviously our, our marae being based in uh, Auckland City is, uh, is a very busy one. We have all sorts of hui and wānanga up there, um, not all of them directly related to what um, uh, us, but um, being uh, a venue for lots of people to talk about different take. And how effectively do you think the opposition was shown through the hikoi? Um, I think it was was very effective. It um, demonstrated that Māori um, can organise, that we can rally around an issue in the tens of um, in the thousands. Um, my estimate for the day was um, that there were 15,000 people who walked up Queen Street. We also showed that there is um, widespread support, not just amongst Māori, but also other uh, communities in Auckland. So we had a lot of Pākehā there, um, a lot of um, Pacific Island, you know, and lots of um, uh, mums with their kids as well. So, you know, that's, this isn't a radical uh, Māori kaupapa. This is... Um, you know, this is Tamaki Makoto in, in 2009. So, um, yeah, I think it demonstrated, um, you know, that there uh, that there is um, unity around uh, allowing Māori seats. And what's the next stage, Māori Mu? Well, obviously there's the submissions to the select committee process. Um, you know, Māori have been there before. We all wrote these amazing submissions to the seabed foreshore. Uh, select committee, and we were ignored on that. Um, but I, I guess we've um, we've still got to um, um, to do that. Um, I guess as Māori, we need to keep um, building on those relationships and networks we established over the last six weeks leading up to the hikoi. Um, keep talking with our um, Pacific communities and Pakia supporters. Um, educating ourselves on what are the impacts of a super city on us. Um, you know, will it mean less swimming pools in our area? Will it mean we have to pay to get books out of our libraries? Will it mean the sale of um, the ports of Auckland and so on? Um, so while everyone's uh, post-hikoi looking for the next thing, I think that's what we need to um, to work on is, is um, showing our people that local government does matter and that we do need to get out and um, and vote on uh, election day at local government when we have to because um, um, you know, local issues do matter. So I think that's um, the next challenge. I mean, there are some people in Māori Mu that would say, you know, well, shouldn't Māori, shouldn't Ngāti Whātua just do what everybody else does and get elected? Get elected to the council? Um yeah, well, we'd say we we have the Treaty of Waitangi, which gives us a um, a contractual right to have a voice in local government. We had every expectation with successive governors that we would be a part of local decision making here in in Auckland, um, in the councils and in the courts and so on, um, and none of that has has been honoured. And um, you know, our people have run for councils. And to no 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 success to date, um, and here in Auckland we are we are hugely outnumbered 
Um, Māori population is only 11%. Ngāti Whātua population would be maybe 1% of that, if, if, um, if we're lucky. Um, and Māori simply do not get voted on to local government by the Pākehā majority. Um, across the nation, only 4% of councillors have whakapapa, Māori whakapapa. Um, so that's the experience nationally, and we could expect nothing different here in Auckland if um, a Māori stood um, in a ward or a at-large seat, um, we would be pushing it um, uphill to, um, uh, if we ran a Māori kaupapa campaign to be elected. So while people say uh, one man, one vote is, is democratic, um, another view of democracy is that um, all views have to be at the top table and um, under the current proposals, the way it is set up, it is more than likely um, that it will mostly be the, the dominant culture who will be represented at the top table. Ngāri Mubli and Ngāti Whātua and the website Ihi, Iwi Have Influence, that was spoken about in that interview. All those details are at our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. If that's the Ngāti Whātua position, what about the people who took part in the hikoe that brought downtown Auckland to a standstill for a few hours on the 25th of May? Mariah was there talking to bystanders and getting sodden in the process. Kia ora, I'm Lorraine Ferrist, I'm Ngāti Rehua, or from Great Barrier. I'm directly affected by this decision not to have Māori on the Auckland City Council. Who usually represents you? What council are you represented Auckland by? Auckland City. And um, there's quite a lot of issues, such as um, economic development on the island. You know, we've only just starting to get decent roading, and if, if you know, we need to keep pushing for this. Otherwise, you know, how how can we develop? And also, um, our resources, um, you know, our cultural heritage, you know, the um, areas of cultural significance, get, um, they get bulldozed over. There's the um, at Oraki Basin, there's uh, that um, conference centre there, and if it wasn't for Maori, that that would they would, they're extending their car park, and that's fine, but they would have extended it into a big um, Urupa area. How many people live on Great Barrier Island? Um, it's about a thousand normally, um, but in our area, if we, our, over winter we have about 15 families, but in summer that just increases a huge amount. We have transport problems to and from Great Barrier, um, mostly because the ferry doesn't run very frequently. There's aeroplanes, but we can't afford that. I'm quite doing well. Okay, so whereabouts have you travelled from today? Uh, we came from Bastion Point. Actually, we caught the train from GI to Oraki and then walked up the hill and then came from Bastion. So how many people do you think are on this tonight? You know what, I can't even see. I'm way too short. I think we, <laughs> you know, like it kind of seems we're in the middle of it, but yeah. I don't think so, because I can hear a whole lot of people behind us. I know. What has made you total this issue? The four seats. I don't want to lose them. You know, I had a debate with someone yesterday about it and they were talking about, um, you know, the fact that Māori could just apply for a position on the Super Council, but it's just not the same, is it? It's not Māori representation, it's a Māori that is representing a super city. So, yeah, it's very different. Which is the thing around accountability. If you come from iwi Māori, you've got your accountability to your iwi. That's right, that's right. And we don't want to lose anything. Every time we give something away, we don't get it back. So, yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> Do you fuck up up to Orake? No, actually. Um, I'm, from, I'm from Gio, but um, Napui and Tainui. Yeah. 
Uh, Kira, I've come from Roscoe, Mount Roscoe. So why have you joined the Hikoi today? I believe it's important just to get our voice out there, every age, every culture. It's important to um, express our opinions and get our voices out there and get John Key to have a listen to them. You've got another pressing, pressing issue that's happening around Mount Roscoe as well, isn't it? Yeah, we do, the motorway. Mm. Pain in the bum, that. You can see it everywhere you go. So what was your response to what Minister Lee had to say? Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And, um, you know, coming from a person who's supposed to have a multicultural view, be in a position to, you know, bring groups together and um, unite us and move us forward, I just see that she's oppressing people, you know, stereotyping, and I just don't see any positive outcomes of that. So as a young person yourself, what kind of action are you going to be taking to deter that? Um, right now I'm in my third year of my bicultural degree in social work, so I guess that's my mode of action. I want to work with the youth and um, specifically our Tamariki in Auckland, you know. Yeah, that's my, that's my forte. What's wrong? Dropping my legs off. How come? Because I have sore legs, but it'll Are be... Are tired? But Look, it'll be even sore. But it'll be I'm even not moaning. <laughs> but it, it'll do. <laughs> but it'll be even sore if I chop them off. Where have you took it? Where have you come from, Mehua? Huh? No hair queer? Yeah. Where have you come from? Um that means that they like us. Um Where did you come I, from today? Uh um from the Marae back there. That way over there. And Orake. Yeah. But you live in Auckland? Yes. Where have you come from today? Um, Kokiri, Te Rauhitanga, Ki Otara. And how come you've joined in the Hikoi today, huh? To support the um, Pataki. The Mia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you fellas in those really flash ass brown jackets. It's a Kokiri Akuro. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Why is it important that Māori people have a say? Because <laughs> all the bālāngi were thought their way. Māori Māori means mana. And what are you holding in your hand, Eho? He haki Māori. He haki tino ranga tiritanga. No hea koe? No kone no te taitoki, no tamiki makairei. No te taitoki rei tōku whaia. But I was brought up here. We just come hari mai ki te taitoki i tēnei rā motu haki. Me koe hoki? Ai, ai. For our tipuna, we stand strong. They can't, they can't be taking the seats away like that. Eh? That's you know, that's. But that's, if I do the vote, 
Oh, and taking everything else away, they can't take our, our, our couple of seats we got there. But they, that's the party of we, the way you want to take everything. Stanley, <laughs> don't pull what we got. I, I. So how do you feel about that? Do you reckon Parky are taking everything? Yes, yes. You got, you got to give them, oh, got to no, give them. I, I think it's a joint unity thing, but we should respect Māori and Māori rights. Yeah, that's right. That's what brought you two on this yeah. today? Yes. Yeah. So have you always lived in Auckland? No. No. I grew up in the Waikato and then lived in Christchurch. He's lived in Christchurch. Yeah, we think Maori rights are important. We think it's it's really your city and you enrich it for us all. I'm learning um, Maori on your wonderful television program. It's good to uh, good yes. to see a lot of people. Yes, yes. Yes, you should be very proud that so many people have turned up. Yeah, and rain stops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it shows how dedicated people are that they'll come out in the rain. It's not, you know. It's, if it was a sunny day, well, you know, people just enjoying themselves. But to come out today, yeah, that's, they've that's made a special. real effort, haven't they, to yeah, say yeah. this is important to us and we want Auckland to be our city. Mm. And, and geriatrics like us. We should... <laughs> <laughs> You've seen many protests. Loudly <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. How come you came along to a one? Because um, the Maori, because the Maori have a voice for Auckland City. Maori seats now. We're standing outside Wild Pier on Queen Street. I'm standing next to a man eating a banana, and we're in the midst of the hikoi. How many people do you reckon are on this? Oh, more than nine thousand. There's heaps, eh? Oh, kia ora wahine ma, no hair Just coming up by Wickles on the corner of Victoria and Queen Street. <laughs> the, the rain eased up for a bit, but now it's started to rain again. There's a mixture of Pākehā, Māori, oh, Karawa, Pākehā, Nāpepe, 
We've just come to a halt just outside Wick Hills. So what do you think about what you're seeing here right now? No comment. What about you? Do you have anything to say about what you're seeing right now? I bet it's a good turnout. It's good. Good. Wake up, Mr. Key. Have you got anything to say about what you're seeing here right now? Good. good. Yeah? Very good. Why is it good? Uh, freedom. How come you're supporting the Stucky? Oh, just for the Maori people. Hi, uh, we're here from Unite Union and from Socialist Aotearoa as Pakeha workers supporting our Maori co-workers against Rodney Hyde and the attacks of this right-wing government. And against the super city. You both live here, right? Yes. Yeah, I have my son born here in Auckland, and I want an Auckland where we respect Tangata Whenua, and this government is not respecting Tangata Whenua at the minute, and we should start organising strikes over this. Direct action is the only answer. There are so many people here. We've started to spill up Wakefield Road. Aotea, Aotea Square is... It's got building equipment in it. The front of the Hikoi is up near the Auckland Town Hall. We're all kind of squashing in up along Aotea Square where there have been barricades put up and the crowd is spilling up towards Wakefield Street. I am now looking at a whole lot of pipi wearing yellow yellow raincoats from Tefano or Waipareira. We're standing in front of a whole lot of ladies with, tell me what your sign says and what it means. Uh, kia ora, Elaine Dyer from um, Violence Free Waitakere. What we are, we're a community coalition that's really just saying we have to stand together to um, be able to make sure that the voices of Tamaki Makaura are heard because um, what's going on is that it's been such a fast process that there's been no real consultation and that's what we feel. We've been really disenfranchised by what's going on. You know, Māori have been disenfranchised by the seats being taken, all of the kind of nonsense that's going on with um, all the, um, the, you know, the changes to the Act and the um, ignoring of the Royal Commission. It's just taken away the power and the voice from the community, so we have to stand together and really unite to say it has to be done differently. So what do, you, what do you say to people that say that's just part of the democratic process? I would just say that's absolute nonsense. It's not just part of the democratic process. The, you know, democratic processes take time and that they honour the people who need to be speaking, and, and at the moment that hasn't been happening. Yeah, this is Pat Watson here. And Kia ora. Kia ora, Pat. Kia ora. Yeah, do you want to speak to her? Just, uh... Well, we're here um, on behalf of the Community Coalition but we're also here to support the Māori seats, the hekoi and the purpose of the hekoi. But we also support that. We also um, don't support the fact that democracy hasn't been allowed to happen. We feel this is being rushed through. Consultation process has been given lip service. There has not been time for consultation. The Royal Commission process was when the consultation happened. The government and its arrogance came over the top of that and brought in a new model that cut out the 
second layer of the model the Royal Commission put in, and that's not democracy, that's arrogance, and the people will not take that lying down, and we see that. Yeah. Now, have you two both lived in Auckland for most of your yes. adult life? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so have you actively participated in, in um, council elections? Yeah, yes, yeah we've been very involved locally. And, yeah. So how effective then has the previous system been in meeting your needs as constituents and what you perceive to be Māori needs? We think it's been working really well. You know, like, why are we changing a system that actually we've refined, you know, out in Waitakere? We've been working closely with the council and, and uh, you know, the government sector um, has, and then the non-government sector. You know, the council has really been the brokers in some of that, and, and it's really a good process. We've got environmental, social issues, um, you know, cultural issues, race issues. All of that stuff is actually being really addressed locally. And we're just really afraid that we're going to lose the voice when it goes into the uh, whole super city thing and it becomes more dominated by the hub that's here in the, in the commercial area rather than looking at what are the needs of the people in the wider area. Waitakere City always seems pretty progressive. It is really progressive. Like, I think because we made a really strong stand initially um, because of the environment and because of the social issues for West Auckland which we've had to deal with, that um, you know, we really forged a really collaborative voice, and perhaps more that so than some of the other areas. So that you know, a lot of our work that is um, collaborative and cooperative together is really in, um, making a big difference locally. And uh, we don't, you know, we, we don't have big ambitions to say, well, let's make it a, a region-wide thing. But we'd love other communities to um, feel strengthened in their collaborative processes as well, because there's, you know, like locals the best. You know, we're community development. You know, we're looking at. We're looking after our streams, we're looking after our communities, we're looking after our tamariki, you know, we're looking after our rangatahi, you know, we're looking after the people that really need our attention. And, uh, you know, you can't do that on a great big wide scale because it's, it's a person-to-person -person relationship thing that we're working with. I think that's that what that's, we want to have considered. And that's where Waitakere is so, uh, so good because the relationships are there, the relationships that are forged between local government and community and across community organisations as well. So we can work hand-in-hand -hand across all well-beings and we work with our council and achieve huge things. Waitakere is the envy of many other parts of the country because we take initiatives, we build new things, we try pilot things, and, and yeah, we're gonna, we stand to lose that unless that middle layer is strengthened and there is an avenue for the community voice right through to the decision making. And, and with Māori as well, you know, like we, we know that the whole um, connection with, with the whenua, with the land, you know, with the environment, with the issues that are really affecting you know, all the Māori people as well, you know, that those voices are going to be lost if they aren't actually being protected to be given out there. So you know, we're standing along the side this, you know, as Pākehā. It's been an incredible honour to be invited by Tangata Whenua to join you because it's an issue that, you know, hey, we are all the same tribe with this. You know, like we're all people that are really trying to find a way that we can do this, um, you know, that represents the needs of all of us and for our children, you know, like for our children, grandchildren, the grandchildren yet to come, and that, that if we lose it and we just become yet another super city in the world, well, you know, we can see where they've gone internationally. You know, we really want to stay with the best practice that we know works here. What would you say to, as we've walked up Queen Street, there have been a few bystanders. I mean, there have been some people that have jumped out to jump in with others right. in the hikoi, but there have been quite a lot of bystanders. What would, be, what would you say to, to them or to people that 
you know, Auckland's a population of yeah. one point something million people. Yeah. Yeah, there's not one point something million people on the sea marching. No, that's right. I think that there, this is a, has huge complexities, and I think this is another reason why things must slow down, because there are complexities over this issue. It's not are you against the super city or for it. It's not that at all. And it's in the short time that we've been working on this as part of the coalition, we're beginning to chip away at that and are beginning to get the information spread. But we need a lot more time. There are many people who don't understand what's gone on before and what the government has done, which of course is exactly what they wanted to happen. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, it's happened so fast, and on one level it seems like a logical thing to do, to say, okay, let's look at the whole region and what it needs, but actually what they perhaps don't realise is that that, that on a community level, communities are losing their voices around a model that, you know, really, we, we can't do it all in one great big region-wide thing, you know, the decisions that need to be made on that local level. And, and you know, if, if you talk to people, I've, I've been talking to all sorts of people during the march, and a lot of them are saying, yeah, you know, Papakuru, we're losing our council out there, you know, we're losing our sense that we're really participating in democracy and it's not really happening, you know, and so... I think a lot of people probably haven't quite realised the ramifications of it yet. And uh, you know, one of the things that we've been doing in Waitakere is really talking to each other and making sure we disseminate the information as it's coming out quickly so that people are informed about it and can uh, then step in and say, right, let's take action, let's have our voices heard. So, you know, on this really wet day, you know, this, you know, this sky's just opened and, you know, rained on our parade. But actually, hey, we're here because this is so important that we don't want to just sit down and, and let it all just disappear. Yeah. One thing I'd also like to add to that is the issue around assets and privatisation. I think that we, don't, we haven't seen half of it yet. Our assets that we've struggled for years and generations to establish and that we're proud of, our community houses, our swimming pools, all of the assets that belong to councils, our parks, these things are not safe anymore. We don't know what's going to happen to them. Certainly in the structure that the government has imposed on us, it's very likely those things could be snapped up and privatised and we'll have no say in that. And that's sinful. Yeah. You're both parking New Zealanders, right? Yes. So, Māori have been protesting about things like this for generations. Um, when did you become politicised? Question. I've been politicised. I'm trying to think of the right way of saying it. But. I've been politicised since the 1970s, and I'm sure Elaine has as well. Yes. Social justice is people's rights, um, and we fully support what has happened to Māori over the generations and uh, yeah because it's interesting isn't it with Peter Hillary going to the Auckland Museum last yeah. week and his whanau are really pissed off yeah, yeah, yeah. about what's happening with Edmund Hillary's gears yeah. and what's interesting is you know that's been going on with Māori for generations you know absolutely. we're still fighting for yeah. mokumokai yeah. for a lot of our taonga to be returned to us yes so yeah yeah we support. I support that, yeah. <laughs> and I think this hikoi has been wonderful because I, you look at the yeah. the diversity of people who are here, and yeah. I think gradually that awareness of that unfairness is being felt by average New Zealanders, average Pakeha New Zealanders. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, for me, the whole politicising, you know, it was initially the Springbok tour, and uh, you know, like the injustice of a team going over that would play with half of South Africa and would not include Māori, you know, and so like my 
early things. That was what really woke me up and, and, and uh, linked in with doing Māori studies at university and stuff like that. But, you know, like, yeah, closing the distance and seeing that. And then I've worked in prisons for many, many years as well. And, again, disproportionate Māori in there. You know, like, we have to work together with this thing. And, and uh, you know, as you say, it's not a new issue for Māori to have their voice taken away. Um, but, you know, a whole lot of us now are standing together and yeah. saying we have to listen. You know, we, our only solution that's going to work is when we stand together to do this. You know, we, we can't say, hey, this is just going to be a system that works for Pākehā or this is just going to be a system that works for Māori. You know, like, you know, all of our children, you know, like we're a league of nations with our children anyway. All of the, you know, our mokoa, you know, like kind of bringing all of the, the different threads together from all around the world. And, you know, it's for them that we really have to protect what's near. Ko Justin Murray tēnei, ko tēnei te hōtaka nei a te ahikā. And I'm Mariah Rakraku. Go to our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahikā. There's more information, there's photos. And why not join our subscriber list where we will send you weekly emails about what's coming up on the show. Who knows? You may be on it. Even maybe one of your whanaunga. Māori Radio has been the launching platform for many artists like Catch a Fire, Kora, Arija, Aria, not to mention the starting ground for most of today's Māori journalists and broadcasters. Justine was in Christchurch last year and she met up with a veteran. Well, maybe not a veteran, but 16 years sure is a long time in many people's books to work within any organisation. Even if it is one you're passionate about, as is the case with Lisa Reedy of Tahu FM, the sole iwi station representing the peeps from Te Waipaunamu in the South Island. She's pretty much done everything within the organisation, as you do when you're a super uber multitasking wahine Māori. I was born in Palmerston North and my tai is in Ngāti Parau and my mum was born in Ruatoria. Wow, and what brought you to South Island? Uh, what brought me to the South Island? Uh, just a, a change of scenery for my whānau. We, I was brought down here when I was about 11 years old, so about 10 years ago, making me 21 now. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I started in, in, in broadcasting when I was 17, and I've been here now for about 16 years. Do you think you'll ever go home? That's a bigger thing, isn't it? That's an ambiguous question, home. Where is Do home? Do you miss home? Yeah, where is home? Uh, home is here for me. Mm. You know, home is, is where the heart is, and my whānau are here. So, uh, you know, I think I understand about the whole going back to uh, your your whānau ties. And I have I still have them up in Ruatoria, but I think Ōtautahi will, will be home for me for a long, long time to come. Just stand up. Uh, we're in the um, foyer area. I think we'll just That's go right. for a tour. I'll hold your mic for you. So where, where are we here right now? Well, right now we're standing in the middle of reception. There's been some good times and some, <laughs> some crazy times happening right out here as well too. We're going to take you now straight throughout into the front part of our station. Move us down into where all the, apparently all the workers, and I'm just going to, I need a swipe card, but it's like oh, okay. all the around <laughs> And we're at Te Waipaunamu House, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. We're at Te Waipaunamu House. Moving straight through now. Going around to the hub of Tahu FM, uh, you'll see scattered desks, scattered chairs, broken dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still passionate about the job? Definitely. I love, I love working in radio broadcasting and I love working for Tahu FM. I get to work with some amazing people, I get to do some amazing things. I've met everyone I've ever wanted to meet. I've done basically 
as much as I well everything I wanted to do and some and every day I think how lucky I am to come to work and you know I get to laugh mm. you know I get to have fun I get to, you know I see people depressed carrying their little you know suitcases and and you know or what should I say uh, briefcases they carry their briefcases on out and they've got such a depressed look on their face and you know I've got my little purse on my shoulder laughing all the way <laughs> to, to my car it's great. You're like a ray of sunshine. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, and even though my, my partner, because we know working in iwi broadcasting, working in iwi radio, my partner is always saying to me, oh, get out and get some more money. There's money out there to be earned. There's money, money, money. But money isn't everything. So I've, I've often said, you know, I'd, I would rather just go on out there and uh, work here at, at, at Tahu uh, for the love of what we do then, and with a smile on my face than work elsewhere depressed you know, and rolling in it. So <laughs> that's just my own focado. Uh, taking me around now, I'm just going to look at some of the some of the desks that we've got, and some of the people that work here as well too. Uh, our program director extraordinaire, Aubrey Hughes. Part time on air talent, part time pain in everyone's victim. So do you get air checked often, Lisa? Yes, yes, we do. Yes. Get, yep, air checks. And some good points there. I get some good points. <laughs> Not, not, not a lot of, of, of good points. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to take you on into production. We're walking past our, our very trusty <laughs> photocopier that will never work when I put in, a, in a, a code. So give us a rundown on your show. Do a breakfast show. Um, do the breakfast show now with Ra, Ra, Ra Dallas. We are on from 7 till 9 in the morning. And I found it. I'm, I'm a night person, so... <laughs> Wow. So being on in the morning has been like, wow. really has been like, wow. And the things that we come up with, honestly, I think to myself, because I, I did night shift for about uh, 10 years, 10 years on night shift, and then I just had to change that all around the last year and a bit because uh, I did a rangatahi show before them for the night shift. So, But a year and a bit I've been on doing breakfast. I love it. I hate the hours. I wouldn't mind doing a breakfast show from 11 till 3, but um, <laughs> that'll be the excellent time. I think that's where our listenership really does get up anyway. So um, 11 to 3, I think it'll be a perfect breakfast show. R&B and hip-hop styles. Uh, here we are in production. Uh, after 16 years of my amazing experience here, I have no idea <laughs> what anything is in this room except for a couple of screens, speakers which make some noise, and buttons. Lots of pretty, pretty buttons. Uh, Carlin Goodwilly, he is um, the, our extraordinaire when it comes to being in production. This is definitely his world, not mine. And and spongy, cushiony things on the wall, which <laughs> really help apparently to keep the noise down. I'm not too sure. Uh, go straight over here. This is Carlin Goodwilly. Um, kia ora, Carlin. Hi, kia ora, kia ora. Carlin's been in, in radio since, uh, well, I was when, when I started, it was uh, Maui and myself, we helped. <laughs> craft this station out of wood, me and the brothers. And uh, one of those brothers was uh, Carlin Goodwillie as well too. He was here, he's been here since the uh, dawning of time. And time was... <laughs> that was after you fished up the South Island. That's I after I fished up the South Island. Put up the, put up the transmission sites. <laughs> that's that's, that's exactly, the second thing we done. That's the second thing we done. <laughs> Tihei Modi order. <laughs> Simply follow straight on after that. And uh, moving straight along now, coming on into our uh, one of our recording booths, our voice booths, recording booths. Oh, we do ads. We do our ads. Now, I don't know about the, a lot of a lot of the other staff here. I hear their voices on this a lot is of so the ads. Flash. It is flash, isn't it? Tell us about the system you use. 
Uh, I have my own system <laughs> that I use, uh, but I think we may be RCS, ABC, or CBS, something along those lines. Uh, pretty extensive uh, stuff here, uh, expensive stuff and extensive. Have you voiced any ads in here yourself? Well, I would like to say yes, I have. I have done a couple of ads, but I hear everybody else's voice on radio <laughs> and not mine. Maybe I'm just not suited to being in the ad industry, but that's fine. We have a shout on here. This is uh, Vanessa. Vanessa, uh, what are you in charge of, buddy? Myself. Good. <laughs> Good. And she's also in charge of TV stuff. TV off of Wakareo. Wakareo. Um, Other in-house productions. In-house productions. One of my home videos. You know, sweet ass. We've got the girl locked in here for absolutely everything. <laughs> She's here for everything, aren't you there, aren't you, Ness? You got it. You got it, you know. And that's the beauty about Ness, too, is that um, she will come over to my house for something to eat, and I will feed her like that and pay her with food. So, so uh, Right here now is the um, another part of the hub of the station. Yes. Uh, we are now walking around our dining room slash um, dumping area. Board room where decisions board are room. made. And we've been very bored many, many a time <laughs> while we've been in here. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, a place of, of memories, oh. you know, of the way we were. There you go. And there's our, our in-house promo board. Uh, it's made it to look, we actually make up some of the, the promos that we've got on here as well too to make it look like when people walk on in my god they're busy when in reality only the ones in black riding are real and the other ones in red are just made up to make it look like we're really really busy uh, and our coffee nice. Milo facilities as well too yes we have a, you know we have a policy that when people come on through that uh they make their own here we go on in here you got one on here watch it just quickly, this is the on-air booth. I'm being very quiet because uh, Araaki is about to start up very, very shortly. Um, I'm in the presence of glory uh, with Sister Waitoa and Pawarangi Fitu. Sister Waitoa from uh, Wakareo. Sister Waitoa's been on TV for a very long time and Pawarangi Fitu himself was on TV recently uh, helping on out, I believe, was it Little John? Uh, you might remember him. Right next to Little John up on TV. He's really famous now. Uh, nice. He's also on posters, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, I myself got uh, into the magazine, into a magazine, a Back to Basics magazine, with Ra Dallas looking like eggs. That's the closest thing I've got to fame. Very talented when it comes to Māori and when it comes to anything, really, those those two are it, really. I would take you to the toilets, but... Um, <laughs> I hear some of the boys have been in there already before us. They perhaps set up the... Uh, <clears throat> The extension of the station. Uh, when we do uh, make sure we edit some of these things on out there, uh, we have a staff of uh, 50. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you may only see five today, but fits 50. And uh, also put on in there that we're paid about an extravagant amount, $100,000, and, and also lots more expensive undies. <laughs> All right. So that ends our tour of Tahu. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Really hope to see you sometime on up here and uh, um, whenever I'm free, which is always, you can count on me to be here to tour you around. I'm Lisa Reddy. This is Tahu FM. 
Ikira, she sure got a lot of energy that Lisa Reedy of Tahui FM based in Christchurch. I'm Maria Rakdaku. And I'm Justin Murray. And don't forget you can head to our web page. That's radionz.co.nz. It's spelled T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. And there you'll find some links about Tahui FM. Anaira Narimu Blair Anno with this week's Fakatoki. Ko waitamata te awa, ko maunga kia kia te maunga, ko tupiriri te tangata, ko te tau ngaoho, te uringotu ngā hapu, ko ngāti whātua te iwi, ko ngārimu huiroa Blair tōku ingoa. Ko ngā kuri purepure o tāmaki e kore e ngaro i te pō, which means the the leaders of of tāmaki never rest. And I guess for me it's... that whakatauki um, represents watching our kuia and kaumatua who um, endlessly go to pōhiri, who go to open buildings, who go to open marae, who hold whānau hui, who go to tangi um, and who front on um, treaty issues and so on, um, looking at them never resting. So um, yeah, that's, that's what it means to me. That's the show for another week. Next week, we're with Mike Tamaki of Tamaki Tours. He's talking to Justine about the tourism industry. Kina kai kōrero katoa i tēnei wiki, ki a Nārimu Blair rātou ko Lisa Reedy, me nā kai hi koe a iwi ngā mihi. Hoki mai anō a tērā wiki e te iwi. Mauri ora tātou katoa.